0: Good morning again. Good morning. Today is something of a bridge Sunday in the life of the church. So the church, not just our church, but many churches across the world have been in a season called epiphany. Epiphany reflects on the light of Christ that has come into the world through his birth and his incarnation. A light that has gone out for all people, not just some groups of people. And that's what we've been reflecting on in the season of Epiphany. But this week, we will begin the season of Lent. The season in which we reflect on Jesus' own taking up of his cross and the path of our salvation. But it's not just Jesus' cross that we reflect on. In Lent, we also remember that Jesus told us that if anyone is to follow him, they must take up their own cross in following him. And so this Sunday is a bridge because in Epiphany, we're reflecting on, on glory and light and all these wonderful things. But in Lent, we sort of descend, in a way, into the earthiness of daily life. Of broke, the brokenness of life in this world. The brokenness in our own hearts that God has come to redeem and to make right through the Lord Jesus. So this Sunday is a bridge in that sense. From Epiphany, moving toward the season of Lent. And this story of the transfiguration is a bridge in its own way. Jesus, actually, if you look at all the Gospels in which this story occurs, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in every single case, just before this story, Jesus has just told the disciples about his need to go to the cross. That following him will require one to see his suffering, but also to endure our own suffering. And then immediately after, Jesus is telling them that. To which the disciples, if you are familiar with these stories at all, you'll know. The disciples don't like what Jesus says about the cross. Some of them even try to rebuke him and say, no, this can't be the case. And so that's why Jesus takes them up on this mountain. And while there, God the Father basically says, you stop talking (laughs) and listen to him. Listen to him. It's a bridge story from the disciples unwilling to accept the true nature of Jesus's mission of what will be required for our salvation. They get to see his glory, but then on the other side of this story, they're going to have to follow him to the cross. It's a bridge story in that sense. I want to talk to you this morning from this story about Jesus being a bridge for us. A couple of ways that Jesus is a bridge for us. Now, human nature is we enjoy transfiguration stories, whether we know it or not. Disney is masterful at transfiguration stories, aren't they? The one that I think of as a transfiguration story is Beauty and the Beast. You have the beast, but... The outside is not the full, complete nature of this person who looks like a beast, right? And the moment in the story when the, per- the beast is transfigured into the true person is this really amazing moment in the story, isn't it? And Disney does a great job of showing it, of making it visible. This story is unique in its own way as a transfiguration. And that's something I want to share with you. You see, one way that Jesus is a bridge for us is he is a bridge from his divinity to our humanity. He's a bridge from his divinity to our humanity. So the story tells us, this is Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 2, that he was transfigured before them. And then verse 3, his clothes became radiant, intensely white. As no one on earth could bleach them. And there were appeared to them Elijah and with Moses and they were talking with Jesus. Peter tells them that, you know, it's good for us that we're here. Um, we're told in, in other places that Jesus' face, face shines like the sun in this moment. And that's a, it's a really important phrase. You see, there are other places in Scripture where figures, uh, their, their face shines because of the presence of God. Does anyone think of whose face shines because of the presence of God? It's Moses. Moses is in the presence of God. And God's light, in a sense, is shared with Moses. He shines on, it shines on Moses so much that he takes on the light of God's presence. And he has to wear a veil because it's so strange for the people. They can't stand to look at him. Because of the shining of his face. Now, the the unique thing about Jesus' transfiguration is the light doesn't come from anyone else. (laughs) You see this? The light is from his own face. (laughs) Jesus doesn't have a borrowed light. He doesn't have to get light from someone else. He is the light. When John says, the Gospel of John, that Jesus is the light of the world, that's not just a metaphor, strangely. It's actually a true statement, a literally true statement. We're told in other places in Scripture that when all things are made right, that we will no longer need the sun; that the Lamb of God will be the light. And we're getting a hint here of how that's true. Jesus, as the Son of God, as true God... Has a radiance that dwells within him. This is his true nature. He is the son of God. The true God. And so in this moment they're seeing him for who he really is. This is his divinity shining through. But here's the really cool part about this. His divinity does not destroy his humanity. It doesn't. His divinity elevates his humanity. His divinity makes humanity what it's supposed to be from the beginning. You see, we heard here that Jesus' clothes, made by maybe his own mother, (laughs) made by a human being that he knew and loved, probably. His own human clothes are not destroyed in this moment, they're made even brighter. By his divinity. And that may seem like a small thing. But it actually means something really significant for us. Jesus in his divinity. And in his taking up of our flesh. Did not come to destroy our humanity. He He came to make our humanity. What it's truly supposed to be. You see in Matthew chapter 13. We're told that. God's children, the righteous, in heaven, they will shine like the sun. Listen, this story, what's unique about this transfiguration story is that it's not just about Jesus. Jesus is a bridge from his divinity to our humanity. And so Jesus comes and takes on our humanity to bring it up to what it's supposed to be to transform it by his love and his perfection and his beauty. You know, in um, Matthew's transfiguration story, we're told that the disciples were so afraid. Travis did a great job reading this. Peter's just blubbering because he doesn't know what to say, right? It's neat because Mark is, we're told, the Mark's... Um, person, apostle that he knew. Mark was not an apostle, but he knew Peter. And so supposedly when we're reading Mark's story, it's coming from Peter himself. And so when Mark says they didn't know what to say, this is basically, I can imagine Peter in the background saying, Mark, in that moment, I was just blubbering because I didn't know what to say. It's it's kind of a funny thing when you're reading it this way. But but we're told in Matthew that the disciples were so afraid that they went to the ground in this moment. And, we're, and then Jesus comes to them and he raises them up. Now anytime, here's a tip, anytime that you're reading a gospel story and we're told that someone is raised up. Do you know what that's pointing toward? <clears throat> the resurrection itself. It's pointing toward the resurrection, Jesus in this moment raises his disciples out of their fearful humanity. He raises them up and says, Do not fear. And what we're hearing in this moment is that Jesus in his divinity has come to be a bridge to our humanity and to pull us out of all our fearfulness and all our sin and to bring us to himself so that one day we'll shine with his own radiance. Jesus is a bridge. He's a bridge from his divinity to us and to our humanity and all our brokenness. And I wonder if you are allowing Jesus to be this bridge in your life. From your fears. From your sinfulness. From the brokenness that surrounds you and is within you. If you're allowing Jesus to bend down. Allowing him to take your hand. And to raise you up. Are you letting him do that? And all the troubles and stuff going on in your life. This is one way in which Jesus is a bridge for us. From his divinity to our humanity. But there is one other way in this story that we hear that Jesus is a bridge for us. He's a bridge for us from glory. Mountaintops. To valleys. And sufferings. In one sense, this story is a story about human life. Human life, all of us, probably at some point, have our mountaintops, our joyful experiences, our moments when it feels like life is as it should be, always, right? Don't we all have glimpses of that, even if they're small, even if they're few and far between, We all get glimpses of the way things should be. But then from those mountaintops, however often we experience them, all of us at some point have to go down the mountain into a valley, into a suffering of some kind. And when we do that, we might wonder, does this suffering have any meaning in my life? Isn't life supposed to be like the mountaintop? Isn't that the way life is supposed to be? And what we're hearing in the story is that Jesus is the bridge between the mountaintop and the valley. You see, Jesus, he brings the disciples up this mountain to see his glory, to see who he is and who he will be through his death and resurrection, who he wants to make them. But then Jesus is going to take them back down the mountain. And when he takes them back down the mountain, he says something really startling. It had to be jolting for them. They've just seen how wonderful Jesus is. His true nature is God. But then they're coming down the mountain and we're told that Jesus charged them, verse 9, to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. If you can imagine the disciples in this moment, they've just seen his glory. Oh, wait, maybe he was fooling around about all that business about the cross. Maybe he didn't really mean it. But then there's a reality check. Do not tell anyone about this until I have risen from the dead. What we're hearing in this is that our sufferings in life, when they're joined to Jesus... Our sufferings are not meaningless. You see, for Jesus, the true nature of his glory, his eternal glory, would only come on the other side of his sufferings and his death. His death for us, our sin and our brokenness. His his glory only came on the other side of that. And our sufferings too, when we entrust them to Jesus... They are part of what He is making us, so that His radiance will shine through us. Your sufferings are not meaningless. When you entrust them to the Lord, when you give them over to Him, when you try to walk with Him in the midst of your sufferings, no matter how difficult that may be, and when you may feel lost in the midst of them, you're not lost. Jesus will hold you. Jesus will see you through to the other side. And those sufferings will be taken up. Into his glory. And he will use them. To make you even more of what he has made you to be. To shine even more. Than you can ever shine on your own. Jesus is a bridge for us. He's a bridge. Between his divinity and our humanity. But also between. The glory in our lives and the sufferings in our lives. Now, one last thing that I want to talk to you about. In between his divinity and our humanity, in between glory and suffering, God the Father says something to the disciples. God the Father only speaks twice in all the Gospels. And he says almost the same exact thing each time. Behold, this is my beloved son. Behold, this is my beloved son. I love what many people have said about this. God the Father only says this because Jesus is the one thing he has to say to us. He is the one thing that God the Father has to say to you. But then he adds on this one phrase in this story. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. I want to challenge all of us. Listening to Jesus is the daily sustenance that we need. We wish that life was all about glory, don't we? One day it will be, and that will be wonderful. (laughs) But in between our glories and our sufferings, the one thing that we need, the daily food that we need... Is to listen to the Lord Jesus. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is the son of God. He is the fulfillment of Moses and the law. Elijah and the prophets. He is the one that we are to listen to. It's hard to listen to Jesus, though, because he says really strange things, <laughs> things like. You have to take up your cross and follow me. It can be hard to listen to Jesus because he says things that are so strange for our world and for our ears and the things that we would like to have in life sometimes. <laughs> but listening is the daily food that we need now. I, We're moving into the season of Lent. Lent is a season in which we are challenged to make sure that we're listening. I'd like you to think about times in your life when you have felt most listened to. Can you think about people or times when you have felt heard, truly listened to? Can you think about those moments Can you picture yourself in those times? The thing that I would suggest to you is that being listened to probably means focused attention. Doesn't it? Have you ever tried to listen to someone while scrolling or checking your email? Have you ever tried to do that? It's sad because I feel like one of the ch- things we're challenged to be good at today is multitasking. And I think when, re- when we're all honest, we're all terrible multitaskers, aren't we? And is it really something that we should be proud of to be good at multitasking? To be able to listen to a spouse or a friend and also do email at the same time? Is that really something that we should be proud of and glory about? Probably not. I don't think so. You can come talk to me after if you disagree. I want to challenge all of us during this Lenten season to set aside distractions in our life and to open ourselves up to listen more to the Lord Jesus. And you know what is great? If we learn to listen to God well, We'll, listen to, or we'll learn to listen to each other better too. <laughs> we'll become better friends, better spouses. Everybody will be happier with each other, I think. Maybe not always, but for the most part. Are you allowing Jesus to be a bridge for you? To pull you up from your humanity into his divinity, into who he is? Are you allowing him to be a bridge for you from... The glories of life to the sufferings of life. And are you listening to him along the way? Are you listening to him? I want to invite you into a few moments of reflection today. We always uh, recite our faith after the sermon um, through the Nicene Creed. I'm going to take a few moments of quiet. Quiet for you to, maybe the Lord wants to say something to you. I want to give us a chance to just listen briefly, and then we'll stand and we'll recite our faith together.